So today, you guys know we've been talking about our, we've been doing our messages on Sunday about the memory verses from the Experiencing God class. And just by a show of hands, because I didn't get to see how many people are saying that that's, that class is a real blessing to you. It's been awesome. You've really learned a lot. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, so today, I want to talk to you guys, and I just titled this, uh, this message, Eyes to See and Ears to Hear. Notice this question mark at the end. I'm Ron Burgundy. If you put a question mark at the end, it makes everything mysterious. It's just how it happens. Eyes to see and ears to hear. Hmm. Now, we see, how many people have ever heard that expression? Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. You ever heard anybody around here pray it? We pray it pretty often. Now, what's interesting is that this isn't just something that we made up that sounds really cool. This is the terminology that Jesus uses in in the Gospels. He says things that are pretty mysterious, kind of like, those who are seeing cannot see and those who are hearing cannot hear. And those who have eyes to see, let him see. And those who have ears to hear, let him hear. You're kind of like, all right. That's, that's good. But I don't know if he's talking about physically seeing and physically hearing. When Jesus is talking about this, how many people, I mean, Jesus was, pretty, was a pretty awesome teacher. He's always talking about mysterious stuff, and everybody doesn't fully understand what he's talking about. He's talking about, uh, he's just using all these analogies and going to town, and people are like, yeah, that's cool. What are you talking about? And so he says, it's all right, man. You have eyes, you can see, but you don't really see. And you have ears to hear, but you're not really hearing what I'm saying. And people are like, what are you talking about, man? Just say something clear, please. And so I ask this question to you. Is it easier to talk or to listen? Answer. Ooh, no hesitations. Anybody disagree? Is it easier to talk or to listen? Oh, my boy Kyle. Kyle does every week. I love Kyle. Every week on Wednesday, I'm like, anybody disagree? I do. <laughs> It's all right. That's why I love you. That's why I love you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, most of us would agree that talking is easier than listening. Now, when I thought about this, I thought, why is that the case, though? Why is talking actually easier than listening? And when I was honest with myself, when I'm having a discussion with someone, um, and usually I would say talking is easier than listening when it's something that's kind of like an important conversation or something is going on, and it doesn't necessarily have to be. But I was thinking for myself, why is talking easier for me than listening? Not only am I good at it, but why is it easier? And I thought, hmm, huh, dang, if I'm going to be honest with myself, in some way, if I can explain this right, because there's a lot going on up here, if I'm going to be honest with myself, I'm talking because I'm trying to be proactive in the situation. Now, hear me out. Listening puts me, in an op- it puts me in a position to have to respond to whatever this person is going to say to me. Now, let's say we're having a disagreement about something. It is a lot easier for me to talk than to listen when somebody's disagreeing with me about something. Why? Because in some roundabout way, I feel like if I can be proactive and just say a bunch of stuff, I can somehow control this situation like a Jedi and say, hey, this is what you mean. Or you might have really good intentions and you say, someone could say, man, I really need to talk to you about what's going on in my life and I'm just really having a hard time, things are going on with my parents. Oh, you know, I've had a lot of experience with parents too. I've had some, pro- I've had some trouble and I know exactly what you're going through. I know how you feel. And it's not even that you have bad intentions necessarily, but it's so much easier to kind of talk and just say, hey, let's kind of lead this conversation where it needs to go. Let's be proactive, and maybe I can change the way you feel or change the way things are going because I'm kind of leading it that direction. But again, just sitting and listening means that you are put yourself in a position to have to respond 
to whatever that person says, whether it be something that causes you to feel emotionally happy or sad or whatever. You have not put yourself in a position to have to respond. Would everybody agree with that? Let me ask you this other question, then we'll move on. Is it easier, now hear me out closely here, is it easier to do what we think God wants us to do or to listen to what God is saying? Is it easier to do what we think God wants us to do or easier to listen to what God is saying to us? Hmm. When we look and think, man, what is God doing? When somebody says, how do you know that God is working in your life? Like, what do you see God doing? So we have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is doing. And what's funny is a lot of times we can kind of run into it and say, man, let me tell you all the stuff God is doing. People are coming to church. We have more seats filled. I saw a couple people raising their hands when they're worshiping. God is moving. It's awesome. People are changing their statuses on Facebook to Christian. It's fantastic. And they're going a step further and saying, I'm not just a Christian. I'm a Christ follower, baby. That's right. I mean, God is moving. Hmm. Today we're going to look at this scripture, this, uh, this passage, and we're going, to get, we're going to delve a little bit deeper into this whole listening and doing thing, having eyes to see and ears to hear. Now, for those of you guys who are doing the Experiencing God class and you've already read and started this week and you've read the memory verse for this week, it's one of those. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's one of those scriptures. See, we, get, like, we read in the Bible, we're like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my strong tower. He is my refuge. He is my strength. And we're like, yes! I'm so glad that God is all that stuff for me. And then we have scriptures like this. Let's read it. John 8:47 says this. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. That's all she wrote for me. I'm done from here, right? It's one of the, it seems at first glance like one of those, like, oh man, one of those downers. And you can kind of read into it and be like, oh, the scripture's saying that if I have questions about the word of God, that I don't belong to him. If, if Steve or Nick or anybody comes up here and reads a scripture and I have a question, oh man, I don't, I don't hear it because I don't belong to God. I'm done. But I don't think that's what's going on. And you guys know when, we, when we're teaching from specific Bible verses, you never want to just take a Bible verse and try to teach on it. You want to teach on it contextually, right? Look at, just like in school, context clues, you want to look at what's going on around it. Take all that stuff into consideration and really look at it. So, I can't believe I'm going to say this. We're actually going to read the Bible in church today. I know, it's, it's surprising. We're going to read a little bit more than just John 8.47. If you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, that's an excellent thing. We're going to start in John 8.21 and read through 49. Now, a little bit of a backdrop of what's going on here. This, and to see this is pretty important. We have Jesus, right? And I told you, as I told you before, Jesus is walking around. He's constantly challenging and saying mysterious things. And frankly, it irritates people. Jesus goes around. He says things. He's doing these amazing things. He's making claims. And people, and it's kind of out of the ordinary. It's not things as usual. It's not business as usual. So people are like, what is this guy doing? Every time we turn around, he's saying something new. He's saying something crazy. Something, something crazy is, uh, is happening from him. 
What's happening here? And so it starts off in this specific story where Jesus does this miraculous thing. He heals a lame man on the Sabbath. And this starts off this dialogue, this ongoing dialogue or argument, if you will, between Jesus, the Pharisees, also known as the teachers of religious law, the people who got it all together. If you got a question, go to these guys. They are, they are the answer men. And then Jewish onlookers, the Jewish crowd. And this is this ongoing dialogue happening. And Jesus is saying, look, guys, you really don't know what you're talking about. And they're saying, who do you think you are telling us we don't know what we're talking about? Do you know who we are? Do you know who I am, homie? Do you know? And the Jewish people are like, yeah, man, Jesus is saying some cool stuff. Wait, but yeah, you guys have always been kind of right. Yeah, you guys have always led us pretty good. Oh, wait, but that's pretty crazy what he's saying. And you got Jesus over here and the Pharisees over here, and you got these Jewish onlookers, and it's kind of like this tug-of-war thing. Inside joke. You got this tug-of-war thing where these people are like, whoa, what's happening here? And there's this ongoing dialogue, and Jesus is doing some crazy stuff. He's healing people, and right before where we were about to pick up, uh, there's a few things that happen, and they're, they're pretty famous. Je- the, right before this, Jesus is teaching. He's sitting down. People are listening to him. And these people bring a woman who has been caught committing adultery. And they're, like, trying to catch Jesus. They're trying to catch him up and say, hey, this guy doesn't really know what he's talking about. So he comes and says, hey, this woman has been caught committing adultery. The law of Moses says we have to stone her. What do you say to that, buddy? And I love, I love Jesus. I love him. Why? Because he's like... Interesting. So he gets down and starts writing in the sand. I mean, he could play, be playing tic-tac-toe for all I know. But he's getting down and starts writing in the sand. And then they're like, no, seriously, man. The law says we've got to stone this woman, and you're just sitting there. What, what, what are we going to do? Jesus gets up all calmly, cool, collected, and says, all right. There's a famous word, so you guys remember this one. All right, you guys want to stone her? Fine. Yet let you, the first one, he who has no sin, cast the first stone. And they're like, wait, what? Boop, drop the rocks. And one by one they leave. Until all of a sudden Jesus kind of gets back up. Oh, by the way, right after he says that he gets down and starts writing in the sand again. (laughs) I love him. And he gets back up and he's like, huh, huh. Where are all those people that were trying to stone you? And she's like, I mean, can you imagine this girl? She's probably like, they're gone. <laughs> Whew, close one. He says, really, not one remains that was going to condemn you? And she says, no, they're all gone. And he goes, well, guess what? I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Pretty awesome. Just a little taste of the kind of stuff Jesus is doing. And people are like, what is going on here? And then we pick up in the story here at John eight twenty one. Later, Jesus said to them again, I'm going away. You will search for me, but will die in your sin. You cannot come where I'm going. The people asked, is he planning to commit suicide? What does he mean? You cannot come where I'm going. Jesus continued, you are from below, I am from above. You belong to this world and I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Who are you? They demanded. Jesus replied, The one I have always claimed to be. I have much to say about you and much to condemn, but I won't. For I say only that that which I have heard from the one who sent me. 
and he is completely truthful. But they still didn't understand that he was talking about the Father. So Jesus said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am he. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father has taught me, and the one who sent me is with me. He has, he has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases him. Then many of who heard him say these things believed in him. Jesus said to the people who believed in him. Now, did you guys catch that difference right there? He went from talking to all of these people. He's addressing this entire crowd. He says those things, and they're like, oh, man, that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, I believe in you. And so Jesus takes those people off to the side. Now, again, this is a slap in the face of the Pharisees, right? Because they're like having this ongoing debate, and Jesus is, and it, it, they might look at it like Jesus is trying to be like, yeah, look how much stuff I know. Look how much I know, guys, because I'm going to keep talking about it and try to embarrass you guys. But these people say, hey, we believe in you. And he's like, okay, come here. Let me talk to you guys. So now he's addressing these people who believe in him individually as a group. That makes sense. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But... We're descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean we'll be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a sin, or everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is a part of, your, of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, no, you are imitating your real father. They replied, Psh, we're not illegitimate children. God himself is our one true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me for you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was always hated. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and a father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you naturally just don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. The people retorted, you Samaritan devil, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father and you dishonor me. Let's pray real quick. Lord, be with us this morning. Truly, may we have eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. Be with us. Speak to us in precious name. Amen. So I know we read a lot. But did everybody following what's going on there? There's this big argument going on. And this is pretty interesting to me because there's this tug of war that we're talking about going on. And then Jesus says these, these 
these words that these people are very interested in, and they say, we believe in you. And Jesus is like, all right, you believe in me? Come here. And he starts talking to them, and then he tells them all this other stuff, and then things start to escalate a little bit again. He says, if you really knew, if you really knew me, I come from my father. You don't, you don't come from where I come from, so you really don't know what I'm talking about 100%. And they're like, what are you talking about? We are, Abraham is our father. And Jesus is like, no, no. Because if Abraham was your father, you wouldn't be trying to kill me. They're like, what? And he says, yeah, seriously, you're trying to kill me because you have no room in your heart for what I'm saying. I only say to you what the father tells me. And he, goes, and he said, you're just following your own father, not mine. And, he goes, and, they, and then they say, what? We're not illegitimate children. What are you trying to say? That our father doesn't mean nothing? If anything, God is our true father. And I just picture Jesus chuckling even more. <laughs> really. Really. If you, if God was really your father, then you would love me because he's the one that sent me. Don't you see? And he asks him over and over again, you don't even see me. How come you don't understand what I'm saying? And that's where we get to our verse where it says, those who belong to God hear the words of God gladly or listen to the words of God gladly. But those, but you cannot because you don't belong to God. Now, if we look at this a little closer, again, we have a better idea of what's going on here. And I asked Steve to do me, to do me a solid, did me a favor, because you know, because <laughs> you know that our 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 great pastor works hard, diligently, day in and day out in general. But also, he goes to seminary. Right now, he's taking ancient Greek. And so I'm about to say some stuff, and I'm about to be off, but you can correct me. Because he was nice enough to take this verse and to translate it out of Greek for me. Isn't that nice of him? Give him a hand. Yeah, he's great. Impressive. More impressive. So when we're looking at it, when it says listens, now this is really cool. And this is where I'm like, man, i got to learn how to speak Greek. I mean, read Greek and translate it because it comes in, so, it comes in handy. Because, again, this, this verse is one of those at first glance. But what it says here, when it says, but the one who listens to the words of God gladly. Now, this is, oh, oh yeah, ready, ready? Translated akue. Yeah. And it is a P-A-I, also known as a present active indicative. <laughs> Woo! Got it right, he says. All right, I have no idea what any of that means, so we're moving on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But it's a present active indicative, which means, again, you can, it's present and active, and indicative just means like it's fact. It's a factual. Yes, man, I'm learning, see? Uh, but present and active, you guys know what that means? Present which is yesterday, today, tomorrow, today. Yeah, right now, right right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. You just keep saying because right now it just passes, like right now. <laughs> but it's present and it's active and it's fact. And it says listens, the one who listens. So all of us have listened, right? We've listened to the word of God. But it says the one who is presently actively listening gladly hears the words of God, but you don't hear them because you don't belong to God, because you're not listening. Hmm. As I said, you have this tug of war going on, this tug of war. 
between Jesus, the Jews, and the Pharisees. And ultimately, if you were to keep reading, you see who the Jews side with. Anybody have any guesses? Well, I don't know if you guys know the story, but not too, not, not, into, not too far in the future, Jesus is eventually hung on a cross and crucified. Jesus seems to be fighting for them. Jesus seems to be saying, if you'll just listen to what I'm saying to you, if you'll just hear me, and I know it's hard for you because you don't really come, where I, come from where I come from, and I'm not expecting you to get it all, but if you could just listen. And the Pharisees are saying, hey, and, and it's interesting. Think about the responses that leads to them saying, because again, it goes, we believe in you. Jesus says, all right, if you really believe in me, this is the stuff you'll do. And then they go, you're a demon. Wait, what? We believe in you. Okay, this is what you have to do. You're a demon. And it's funny, the way they say it. Jesus says to them, if you were, he's talking about his father, and he goes, don't you get it? We're, Abraham is our father. Guess what? To them, that's the right thing to say. Abraham is our father. We're, we, are, we are the descendants of Abraham. We're all good, man. We got it. I mean, we got all the, you see all those guys up there? They're helping us out. They're telling us what it means to be a descendant of Abraham. We got it. He goes, really? If you really were, then you wouldn't be trying to kill me. They're like, well, you're right. God is our true father. You see what they're trying to do? They're like trying to like say, no, seriously, we, we got this. Jesus is challenging everything they say. And they're trying to give those right answers. And Jesus is saying, but really, are those the right answers? Because if they were, would you be trying to do this? If you were a descendant, if you really, if Abraham was your father, would you be trying to kill me? Oh, really? Oh, God is your father. Oh, how come you don't see me then? How come you don't love me? How come you're trying to kill me if God is your father? And he's the one that sent me here. Very interesting that that's the way that they would try to respond. See, when we look at it, we see this tug of war going on. And I thought about how does that relate to us? Does that happen to us? Is it Jesus, us, and then something else that's kind of fighting over our attention? Fighting over where we are. See, eventually the Jews give in and they, they side with the Pharisees and permanently reject Jesus. Ultimately sending him to the cross. But what is it that we're listening to? What is it that we're listening to? And see, what's interesting is that people would say, Nick, you don't understand, though. These people were in a society that was very religious. They were very religious. They went to temple. They went to church every day or every week. They went all the time. They said all the right stuff. They followed all the laws. They did all the stuff they were supposed to do. So even if they weren't really getting it all, they were closer to God than we are, especially like look at our world now. People would say that we live in a godless world, a place where God just has no place here. I have conversations every day almost with people that I come in contact with, and they're like, there is no room for God here. There is no God. We live in a godless society. And we'd like to believe because we're the United States that that's not the case, but I think we're all a little more informed than that. People would say, we're this we are farther from God than we've ever been. And then some people would say, but look at over there. But what's interesting, though, the kicker is that at both ends of the spectrum, you have the same opportunity 
to buy in to buy in to the illusion. Ooh. Illusion. At both ends of the spectrum, you have the same opportunity to buy into the illusion. What's the illusion, you may ask? The illusion is that we got it figured out. Hmm. What do you mean, Jesus? Why are you saying any of this stuff to us? We got it figured out. We got all the laws. We got all the stuff we need. We do, we do our sacrifices. We do all the stuff that we need to do. We got it figured out. You don't have to come here and try to mix things up. And if we do have any questions, we just go to those guys. Don't you see? We got it figured out. It's okay. You don't need to say anything to us. I do all the stuff, man. I go to church. I lift my hands when we sing praise and worship. I read my Bible. I talk to people about me being a Christian, or at least I put it on Facebook. I mean, I do all that stuff. I got it figured out. It's okay. Or we find ourselves on the other end of the spectrum. I don't need God, man. I could be a good person without God. I could be a good, hard-working, productive citizen without God. I went to school. I'm very educated. I went. I'm doing my part for society. I contribute to Compassion International every once in a while or that guy with the beard who is always around people in Africa who are starving. I do good things. I don't need God for any of that stuff. So we look and we say, man, this is, this is crazy. But it's really speaking to all people because the big idea, the illusion is that we've got it figured out. I don't need God to say, we don't need you to say anything to us. Don't you see that, Jesus? We got it. And Jesus tells them in our verse, You don't even hear what I'm saying. You're not listening. You're missing the bar. So I looked and I thought about what is it in our lives that we're doing that? What, what is it that's causing us to think about it? What's putting, what's putting that distance between us and Jesus? What's causing us to, to have that tension? And it's pulling us back and forth. If I'm be honest, it's just too darn easy to fall into that illusion I was talking about. And I would make a guess that for most of us it would be the first. It's just e- and, I, and I'm speaking to myself right now, it is so easy for me just to go through the motions. Just to do the stuff. Just to go to church and I'd, and and it's not even that our it's not even that I have that my uh my motives are bad, right? It's not that I'm just trying to be a jerk or like saying, hey, I'll just do all this stuff. It's not even the case, but it's just so easy to fall into that, that, that trap, that illusion that, hey, I got it figured out now. I call myself a Christian, that's easy. I just start listening to Christian music. I start putting fishes on stuff. I, do, I, do, I just put out a couple of really positive messages, put some positive energy out there into the universe every once in a while, and I, I got it now. Oh, and then you got to start coming to church, and then you got to start tithing. That's a good thing. You start giving money, and you then... I mean, I gotta get involved, so I gotta start singing up there in praise and worship. And yeah, I gotta put my hands up every once in a while. And then after that, I gotta make sure that I'm getting involved in stuff. So I gotta be involved in classes because I gotta feel like I'm busy. I gotta feel like I'm doing something because that's what you do. Hmm. 
I mean, and I think we're all victims of it. We all, it's easy to fall into that. And what's interesting, when I asked earlier, was it easier to do what we think God wants us to do or to listen to what God is saying? And I thought about the things that I mentioned, the things that I listed that we see God doing. And I look and I say, what do we see God doing in the Bible through people? What's interesting is you see people, you see relationships being reconciled. Anybody seen that? You see sicknesses being healed. You see injustice being made right. You see broken hearts being mended. You see people standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves. You see people who are, have this, this thing that empowers them, this thing that leads them forward and, and, and empowers them and enables them to do the unbelievable. Let me make this really clear because I don't want anybody to misunderstand me and I hope you can hear my heart. Raising your hand and, and singing worship is an excellent thing. That's fantastic. Tithing is an excellent thing. Coming to church every week is an excellent thing. Talking to people about God is an excellent thing. It's fantastic. It's great. But that doesn't take the place for what is, that doesn't mean that's what God is doing. That doesn't take the place of what God can do through you. See, I, I can, do all that stuff and make myself so busy that I miss what God is saying to me. See, that stuff that I just mentioned, I believe because I've seen it happen, I've read about it, and I've heard about it. See, it's, I believe that God can use us to do those things. I mean, seriously, I've seen it happen because we are faithful and we say, God, there's somebody going through this, and there's a sickness, an incurable sickness as far as we're concerned, but we know that you're bigger than that. I've seen people lay hands on people, and it's not because it's special and fantastic, and you have magic coming out of your fingertips. It's not that, but people say, I'm going to pray for you, and people have been healed. People have got up and walked. And I know, that's crazy. What the heck, man? We don't talk about that stuff. But you know what? I see the kind of stuff that God did through people, and I wonder why. I wonder why they were enabled, uh, they were able to do those kinds of things. See, I can, I kind of go through life and I say, man, being a Christian is good. And every once in a while, you know what was so awesome was the beginning of this service. Steve felt led and he asked you guys, people are hearing from God. And you know what? People are uplifted. You know how you felt after you realized that that, that message was for you? Do, you? do you feel that? I believe that if we can just, if we could just be quiet for a little while and stop just for a little while, that that's how our lives can be all the time. It doesn't have to be this one day when I just decided, but what, what, what made the difference today is that you made the decision to say, I got to listen to what's happening right now. I got to live in the now. I got to stop doing what I think is right and start living in the right now. What is God saying to us? The most interesting thing, and why I read as much as we did in this passage, is Jesus says something very, very, very interesting to me. Just a few verses before this. He says, I could tell you a lot of stuff about yourself, my friend. I could condemn you, but I won't. Because I only say what I hear the Father say to me. Now, Jesus could have walked around saying, this is how, well, this, oh, man, I saw what you did the other day. I saw that piece of gum that you stole. I saw you put that snake under your sister's bed. I saw you do that. I, I, he could just go on and say, oh, that's cool, man. I know what you're doing. I, I got you. I got you. Yep, I see what you're doing. He says, I could do that. And you guess what? He's God, so none of us could really blame him, could we? But what does he say? He says, nope, I won't do it because I only say what the Father says. That means he has to be 
And there's all these things that I could do, but guess what? I only do what pleases the Father. Can I really, really? I mean, if anybody could just kind of go for it and wing it, it would be Jesus. But he says he's not even going to do it. I mean, I think a lot of times people have this, this illusion that Jesus was like, let's get out the to-do list. Feed 5,000. Yep, loaves and fish. Excellent. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to heal this blind man, but I think the way I'm going to do it, I'm going to spit in the mud. I spit in the dirt, make some mud, put it on his... What else can we do? Oh, yeah, we can, like, put it on his eyes, make him go wash it off. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, and when they bring that lady who was, who's committed adultery, i got to think of a good comeback. What is it? Oh, oh, oh. Let the one of you who has not sinned cast the first stone. That's, that's right, that's right. I mean, people think that Jesus gets up and he has this to-do list, but I don't think that's what was happening. Do you? I think Jesus was going through life and he was doing what he felt that, that he knew he was doing what he knew he was there to do. He was teaching people. He was uplifting people. He was healing people. But I wonder if it's because he was well, I don't have to wonder because he just said it. Because he wasn't just trying to around, go around doing stuff or putting down stuff, but he was saying, I'm listening to you. I'm only going to do what you're saying to me. I'm only going to do the things that make you happy. What would our world look like? What would our lives look like if that's the type of people we could be? If we could stop being in the middle of this thing and just and being feeling this tension of the world or and Jesus or I know I'm crazy for saying this but just doing the stuff and Jesus and say God Jesus I'm permanently siding with you. I don't care about all this other stuff. See, why we do this stuff, and I, I, what I said at the beginning, I hope I'm not sounding contradictory because it just it nails home the point. We are intentional because these are tools that lead us to allow us to listen, to hear from God. Those are tools. But they're not just things that we do just to do so we can say, yeah, that's who we are. Those are tools. Those are things that help us to be able to say, okay, with all the hustle and bustle of life and all the things I know I got to take care of because I, I, I'm in control of a lot, I know that. With all that stuff, I have to just slow down. I mean, why do you think, for you youth in here, why do you think every single week I say, read your Bible, pray? Because it's not just so you can read your Bible and say, man, I have all these memory verses and I'm cool now. It's not just saying I talked and I could hear and I talked to God and I felt good about things. I mean, that stuff is good. But it's because God wants to encounter you. He's speaking to you. In our class, we're learning that God is at work around us all the time. And it's not really a question if he is or not. It's if we will see him, if we will notice it, if we will hear him. And we can do all of this stuff and justify to ourselves that we are in a relationship with God because of all the stuff God is doing. But is he doing it? Yes? No? I don't know. Ask yourself the question. But I know if I'm going to be honest with myself... I am, I am guilty of just doing a bunch of stuff and saying, look what God is doing. Look what God is doing. What was I listening? See, what if it's not so much I don't need God, 
you're that all, all that way on this on that far that part of the spectrum, or all I have to do is do all this stuff, kind of like the Jews. That's what they ended up saying to themselves. Hey, we got all the stuff we need to be where we need to be. And really, it's the same thing on the other end of the spectrum. You just taking God out of the equation. I I got all that stuff I need. I don't need him. And what if it's not you know, either side of the spectrum, but if it's something like this? And if I, any of this stuff I'm about to say offends you, I apologize. But I just feel led to say it. Instead of saying, I do the stuff or I don't need God, what if it's, I do the stuff but? See, again, it's becoming, it's becoming comfortable. It's becoming, I got it all figured out. So I, got, I do the stuff, so I come to church, uh, but I don't have to sing the songs because I'm not a good singer. Or I come to church, but... I got it figured out because I don't have to put anything in the tithing thing. I could just come and people will love me anyways. And see, I, I can I could call myself a Christian, but I don't really have to go out and like and talk to anybody about it. I mean, unless they ask me first. Or I, I know that I have to do the stuff, but, and I know that I do the stuff, but, and when I think about it, man, there's a lot of buts in my relationship with God. All these things that I, that I've kind of told myself, man, you do the stuff, Nick, it's okay. And I justify it to myself because of all the stuff that I do. I mean, you prepare a message. You take time out of your week. You volunteer to talk to the youth of our nation. If that's not God working, I don't know what is. I mean, you got secret handshakes with like three students. You know how much focus that takes? God is working in you, man. And am I saying that that's not God working in me? No. But, man. Because you know what? It challenges us. See, and I know, I know I'm touching on some ones here. Like, I can't believe this dude brought it up. I know. But guess what? If I just say, I got it figured out, I can come to church and I don't really have to be, live like a Christian any other time. That's cool. And I'm not saying it's anybody in here. But as an example, I, I can come to church, but I really don't have to do anything else. If you're listening to God, that might not be the case. He might be calling you to something greater. I know, I know, I'm bringing up another one. I can come to church, but I don't have to, you know, provide financially to help out. I, I figured that out, that I can do that, and that's okay. And hear my heart in this, please, guys, please. But if we actually listen to God, what would he be saying to us? And I know that person at work who irritates me, and I really want to trip them on accident. And I know that they're there, and they frustrate me. And guess what? I'm still nice to everybody else, so it's okay. But if you were listening, what would God be saying? I'm not going to lie to you. Closing up and listening up is a dangerous thing. Because it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to push you. It's going to pull you. But guess what? I'm convinced that it will empower you to do things that you never thought you could do. And guess what? You can't do them. But God is helping you. God is doing them through you. He will give you bravery and courage to, do, to say things and to speak things with such confidence that you never thought you could. I think about the things I see the Apostle Paul do and Peter James and John, and they're walking around saying stuff with confidence like, you know what, I don't have any money to give you, my friend, but what I do have, what I do have to give you, I give to you now. Stand up and walk. 
we could listen to God, what would we, how would we encounter Him? How would we experience Him? What would He do through us? See, at that point, we've gone from, I've got it all figured out, to the only thing I've got figured out is that I don't got it figured out. You go from, I've got it all figured out, to God, what are you saying to me? Because I need you to help me here. And what are some ways you can do that? Three things real fast, promise, and I'm done. The first two are the same, so they're easy to remember. Ready? You've got to make time to hear the word of God. Now, that's what I'm saying. See, this is important because this is something that I see that God is doing or that God has done and that God has done through people and works and amazing things has happened. And obviously they made an impact on the world because I'm here talking about them. So you got to make time to read this. Steve said a very, very wise thing on Wednesday, or on Thursday, I believe, is because he said, see, just because this is the word of God doesn't mean God is done talking. doesn't mean God is done speaking to us. See, because if he was, how could we presently and actively listen? But see, this is... This is the canon, they call it, the standard. This is a good thing to familiarize yourself with this word. And it's not just so, again, so you can say, oh yeah, I got got all these scriptures memorized, I'm cool. No, but it says, hide the word in your heart. Internalize it. And see, and then the next time, when you do number two, which is make time to hear the word of God. Ooh, it's the same one. Make time to hear the word of God, which means spend time, read this. Read it out loud if you have to. I don't care if you have an audible Bible. I don't care if it's Anthony Hopkins doing the narrating. Just get it in you. And the second time is you've got to Make time to hear the words of God. Oh, and this is a toughie. Why? Because it's easier to talk than it is to listen. It's easier to do than to say, hey, God, what's up? What are you, what are you saying to me? And I promise you this world will not give you a chance if you let it. You will always, I will always have an excuse to not make time. To sit and just listen. See, a lot of times people are like, man, I'm, I, I prayed and I'm listening. I just didn't hear any audible voice. I just didn't hear like a thundering, boisterous sound from the sky telling me that everything is okay. I just didn't hear that. I wonder if it's actually easier to hear from God than we think it is. Like when you have those those feelings of something you, that you really feel led to say, but you're just too afraid to say it. And it's okay because I've made the decision that I'm, it's okay to be a Christian and not do that, right? But when you come up and you, you say something that you know that God's put on your heart because someone needs to hear it, and you can easily dismiss, yeah, that's not you, God. It's okay. I'm still allowed to be a Christian. I don't have to say any of that stuff. And it's not even a matter of going to heaven or not. It's really not that. I mean, but what? I mean, when we look around and we see this world, like, what do you see? 
Think about the people you know. Think about the people you come in contact with. Do they not need God more than anything? And I just fall short on giving and giving them that picture of who God is, I'll tell you. But if I could just listen up and say, God, I am done trying to do this on my own. I'm done trying to think I have it all figured out. I just need you to help me. And I've done it in my life at times, and there's no mistaking what happened. Just as sure as you know that God spoke to you today, it is exactly the same. But does it have to be so few and far apart? Does it have to be in a church service? Does it have to be when the pastor says something? Does it have to be? I don't think so because God used people who were the least likely to ever accomplish anything even close to that and used them to do the unbelievable because they chose to listen, because they chose to say, God, I cannot do this on my own. I'm not living up. I'm not doing it, but I need to listen to you. Make time to hear the word. Make time to hear the words. Take time to listen. And be intentional about listening. It's easy for me, it's easy for all of us just to hear something. Even on a Sunday, you hear the word, and you're like, yeah, that was awesome, and then you just kind of go on. But what is God saying to you? Because just because I, I truly believe I feel I'm led by the Holy Spirit to, see, to, to say what I'm sh- to share with you what I'm sharing today, but that doesn't mean that once I'm done and once I say amen, and once he comes up and says his, his, the last prayer, it doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean God is done talking for the week. It doesn't mean he's done that I, I need to stop listening and that I can just turn it off because what is he saying? And the last is take a chance. Take a chance. I promise you, I've been doing this for seven years, been around this for seven years now, been a youth pastor for almost four, and there are still times when there's that internal argument with myself, is this God or is it not? But you know what? I just think life is too short, and, 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 What do I have to lose, really? If it's God, then, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I mean, I... I, uh, You know, and I I know Steve would tell you this himself. It wouldn't be that every time that he has done every single thing that he felt led to do, but today he did, and somebody in here needed to hear that. And there's times where I felt so led to do something, and I didn't do it, and I felt convicted about it later. Not that God's saying, man, you stink. But he's saying, I just felt like, man, what would have happened? What if? Just take a chance. What have you got to lose? And the question isn't even what have you got to lose, but what have you got to gain? I just don't want to be, I just don't want to keep lying to myself, telling myself I got it all figured out. I want to be presently, actively listening. And I want to permanently side with Jesus and say, I'm listening to you. All this other stuff, man, it's just an illusion. I'm listening to you. And the way I've seen God move already in this church and the people in my life, I think if we could get a hold of that just a little bit more each day, What can't be done? What can't God do through us? Let me pray. Lord, 
we thank you for the opportunity to be intentional. The opportunity for us to be intentional in prayer, prayer, like give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is doing. But may that, may that not be confused with the fact that we can do a bunch of stuff and that be what you're doing. Help us to be able to just stop and listen. Say, God, what, it is that, what, it is, what is it that you're doing? What is it that you're saying to us? And in that, amazing things have happened with people. Jesus himself said he chooses to do what you say because he trusts you, because he believes that what you're saying and what you're doing is real and truthful and honest and it is what is changing this world. And we know that it's true because why are we here today? We want to have that kind of faithfulness, Lord, and we know we fall short. But we want to listen. We don't want to just go, 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 go and think and just put a God stamp on it and say, hey, this is what God is doing. I don't want to do that. And Lord, I have to admit that I've, I'm guilty of having done it in the past. But that's not what I want anymore. I want to be presently, actively listening to what your spirit is saying to me so that those things that I put, when I put myself in the box, when I put myself in the box and I say, I got it figured out and this is just the way it is and it's okay for it to be this way. But when I open up myself and listen, when I open my ears, I open my heart and my mind and all that I am and listen, you're causing me to do something that's uncomfortable, that's, not, that's out of the ordinary, but it's amazing. And it reminds me that you are God. You are who you say you are. May we not be held back by fear and the feelings of inadequacy because the bottom line is, Lord, is that we are, but you are with us. That we have no reason to be held back by the feelings of what we cannot do because you have said you are with us. That we will have problems and we will have trials and we will struggle, but you, that we can take heart because you're here, because you've overcome the world. What you're saying to us is going to cause us, it's going to stretch us, it's going to make us feel uncomfortable. But Lord, what can we, things we can accomplish? I don't have it all figured out. Help to keep me uncomfortable, Lord. Help me to see that I just don't have it all figured out. Help me to listen. Help me to to continue to make time to put your word into my heart and to take time and to listen. Not just to go through the motions and say, hey, this is the way that things are and make up our minds. But do the opposite and say, this is not over. Church is not, your word is not over on Sunday at 12.15. It's not over at the end of a two-minute song. It's not over while we close our Bible. You are speaking to us. See, just as we are presently actively listening, you are presently actively speaking to us. May we not miss you in everything. May we not miss you in the world. May we not miss you in the godly. We want to be on your side. Help me and my friends, Lord listen and take a chance take a chance on you help us to listen and Lord as I prayed and meaning it more than I think I ever have give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is saying to me to us, to this world.
and precious name. Amen.